Wilson, I'm so glad you're with us wherever you are. Uh, we're so grateful for our local television viewers at TVSB. We're now on 4 to 5 p.m. Uh, every weekday and then on the weekends on Sunday afternoons at 4.30. Always brought to you by our good friends at Bun & Chevrolet and we're so grateful for them. So thank you if you're joining us locally. We love uh, the, that, that local television audience that uh, we're building. And, and then, of course, there's so many of you joining us around the world at goodlifetelevision.org, at our YouTube channel, social media platforms, and now on the podcast over the last year. We've seen that podcast audience continue to grow. Uh, so you can search uh, for the podcast at Good Life Conversations is the name. So any of those podcast platforms, you can find us at Good Life Conversations. And uh, we're just grateful. We're, it's, it's so fun. It's so um, enriching for us to be able to be here with you and talking about the good stuff and talking with some great people. And it's really, it, it's really been surprising to me just kind of uh, the gold mines that we discover and the, the people that are doing great things. And, uh, you know, it's not mostly famous people on this program. It's... It, but it's good people, and it's people that are doing great things and making a difference. And so we're, we're grateful that you're along with us for this journey. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get the, the most recent videos. They come out all the time. Um, and so it's been really fun to, to see that audience grow. I'm really excited about my guest today, a good friend. We're in studio, by the way, today in, at TVSB which is fun, um, and I'm joined by Mike Dutra. Welcome. Welcome to me. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I... And I'm not famous, so. You're not famous. Not You're famous. about to be. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, Mike has been a business owner. He's a Rotarian. We're going to talk about that. He's, he's got um, a heart for service. He and his wife, Cindy, have a blended family of five, and they're, uh, they're grandkids now in the picture. How's that working? the grandkid thing it's great because you can bring them you know have a lot of fun with them get them all sugared up and then just dump them off <laughs> you know it's like it's i wish we was reversed you know where i was able to do this with my kids but right, there was right. more responsibility involved there tends to be yeah <laughs> there tends to be let's take go back to to growing up in venice you you were um you were considered an at-risk kid, whatever, you know, kind of however that's defined these days, but back then. So, so take us back to Venice growing up and kind of what your early life was like. Sure. So um, my earliest memories uh, was of um, our, our, my mom and my sister. My dad really wasn't in the picture too much. Um, and when he was, he was very abusive. And um, that was always, uh, it, being a kid, you just never understood why your dad would be uh, sort of abusive towards you. You thought your parents loved you and such. So um, dealing with that, it got to a point where uh, my mom had to you know, divorce him. And uh, it was interesting because I, I think back now my days, my childhood days, and having to bike to school, I could never see my kids biking to school the distance that I used to. We lived on one side of Lincoln Boulevard and it was predominantly Hispanic and black. And the consensus was that if I went to that high school, I'd get beat up all the time. 
So I had to go to the other side of the street and ride my bike to a school called Walgrove. Um, and so it was just different times, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, just go through that experience with that. Um, and then my mom decided that, you know, I needed more mentorship in my life. So um, she got me involved with this program called the DAPS, Deputy Auxiliary Police. Hmm. And it was almost like a um, Big Brothers, mm -hmm. uh, where an officer would, you know, be your big brother. And it was, it was really neat because these people, you know, they had families and, and such, but they were still taking time out for us kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, they took me to my first <clears throat> Dodger game. I remember always listening to the Dodgers on my little transistor radio. And when I went to the game, it was as green and blue as Vin Scully always <laughs> pictured it in his, yeah. you know, when he announced the game. So, you know, I, I look back at people like that. Uh, I look back at a, a baseball coach that I had. His name was Manny, and Manny was a gardener, and he had four kids, and he knew that um, my mom uh, was, had to work late most of the time. So I'd go to the baseball practice, and then he'd look at me, and no parent was there to sort of pick me up. So he said, here, let's throw your bike, and then his uh, took me to his uh, apartment where he lived, and he lived in a two-bedroom apartment, which was odd to me because we lived in a house, and we had three people, and he was in an apartment, and they had six people. Right. But they were happy and content, and um, he was just a, a real joy to, you know, he was always patting me on the back, great job, and so I, I had people like that, and then uh, the Boys and Girls Club was pretty amazing. It was sort of a jump on the bus and go from Venice to Santa Monica. We didn't have a Boys and Girls Club in Venice. And um, it was just a way to keep away from hanging out on the streets mm -hmm. and such. So, you know, I, 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 I really had a lot of mentorship I learned a lot from um, other fathers, uh, some good, some bad. And, um, you know, that sort of brought me to a, a, a point when I was graduating high school where I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And, uh, but something deep inside me said, my main purpose is to be a better dad than my dad. Mm. And that sort of guided me throughout my life. Yeah, wow. So a lot of you had a, a, an experience of, of people like Manny, kind of standing in the gap, stepping in exactly in a role in your life. Yeah, Manny, an officer. Um, his name was Gary Garrison. He was just a single guy, lived on his boat, just really cool and chill. And uh, he would, they would gather us not only for Dodger games, but I remember seeing the Rams. Um, they took us out dirtback riding. And this was my experience with adult males at yeah, the time. Right. Showing me, you know, things that my mom could never do for me. Right. So it was really cool. I think that's so powerful. I mean, it, it, I don't think we always understand the full power and influence that we have as men when you step in to, in, in the life of a young person. Exactly. I mean, we may not know 
you know, I don't know, maybe Manny knows now, but, you know, so, and, and he's, you know, it's coaches, teachers, but it can be anybody, I mean, nope. who's willing to say, hey, let me help out. No, and that's been, that's why my passion, especially, you know, with what I'm doing now in the service with Rotary, is really youth, and, and giving youth some guidance and mentorship, because um, I went through a lot of their situations, uh, but knowing that they can talk to an adult or, or, or be guided by adult mentors to help them through situations maybe their parents, they don't feel comfortable with their parents and teachers dealing yeah. with. Yeah. So if I can you know, help in any way and do something and just give them some tidbit of advice, yeah. you know, that's sort of my purpose now. Yeah. How did you first get involved with Rotary? Well, it was uh, selfish uh, because I had uh, purchased a, a business that I had worked for for about 18 years. And I purchased this business and we were located in Playa Vista. And we lived in uh, Newbury Park. So uh, the owner wanted to sell off a part of the business and I said, well, I'll buy it from you. Because really work is, is, I enjoy what I do, but work is just a means in life. It's a means to provide for your family, provide a house and, and food and, 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 you know, somewhat comfort stuff. Um, it, it never was the end all that I see. It wasn't, I wasn't, had this big career, you know, and right. that wasn't really pushing me. So I, I purchased the business and a couple of years uh, afterwards, I was just, really burned out on the drive, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. driving down yeah. to Playa Vista. So we moved the vis business to uh, Westlake Village. And I remember one of my uh, business mentors always telling me, you know, get involved with the chamber, get involved with the service club, and get involved with your church or synagogue. So I took him up on that advice, and I got uh, involved with Rotary, and it was purely to... Um, help my business and you know network my business and, and such um, but I drank the Kool-Aid <laughs> and now it's uh, completely different it's it's like a 180 yeah so now I'm more about rotary and less about business I see yeah so they hooked you they got, yeah yeah but you know service it's amazing what service does with, with um, in terms of changing your perspective, I oh, feel yeah. like, you know. It makes you grateful. And I think, you know, for me, you know, I'm really grateful. And if, if something would happen to me today and I was gone, I've, I've lived a great life. Yeah. You know, um, and especially in the circumstance that I'm in right now with my family, um, you know, my three kids are all self-sufficient and they're in their early 30s. So, you know, I'm super glad for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> off the payroll. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's not as easy as you think. No, yeah. not at all. But yeah. um, you know that that's the whole. You know, I'm 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 just sort of seeing what the bigger purpose is. Yeah. You know, with with helping people and seeing what we do with Rotary to help people locally and worldwide. So yeah. that has definitely become my passion, and that's why. Um, you know, slowly moving from, you know, working to more rotary service and stuff. So, you know, uh, hopefully I got 20 good years left and I can use those years to um, help others. And I think that to me is my purpose here is make 
this place a little bit better before I leave. Yeah, well, you're doing it. I, it turns out it's not about us. No. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like guys, you know, they, they, we're on this thing, or gals, we're on this kind of trajectory towards getting all these things done. Mm-hmm. And, and I, somebody wrote a book about, you know, the, the, the second half and about the, the kind of the transition from success to significance. Mm-hmm. You know, because it just seems like at a certain point you're kind of like, okay, I got there. Now what? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Which I think is an interesting question. And I think it just seems like the, the more people that I meet and talk to, that that's, tends to be a, a part of the process is, number one, it's not about us, not about me, Right. it turns out. And what can I do that really is going to leave an impact, that's going to you know, help somebody else, help that kid like you, yeah, the kid that this doesn't have a dad in the picture in Venice, California, right? And I could step in and invite him over for dinner, and he's still talking about that fifty years later. I mean, think yeah. about that. Yeah, it's yeah, that's impactful. A, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, so 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 talk about that. So talk about in terms of obviously Rotary, but the, the, this this next chapter for you. Do you have thoughts? Do you have dreams? Do you have ideas? Or what are you thinking going into this next Well, chapter? my wife has a lot of ideas about yeah. traveling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of traveling, a lot of golf. Um, <laughs> and, and those will be part of it. But uh, for me, when I first became president of our Rotary Club in Westlake Village, um, I explained to people what my why was and why I was part of the Rotary. Mm-hmm. So not only was it what happened to me in my, um, you know, my younger years in Venice, but it was also um, uh, bringing uh, my why to what happened to our family. Uh, you know, when I had three kids that were uh, seven and under, and um, my wife at the time had uh, some sort of depression and was over medicating and all of a sudden I got a call from child services saying we're gonna take your kids away and I'm like oh no and I had no idea you know everyone likes to party and have a drink and stuff and but <clears throat> this got to a, another level so I had to rush home and um, I, I had we had child services involved with our life for about a year. Uh, we sent her immediately to a rehab center, and then another rehab center, and then another rehab center. So basically, during this time, I had to work. So I reached out to our preschool um, teacher to see if she can help out, and she was wonderful. I reached out to the YMCA, and I said, listen, I, I can't afford to have three kids in after school care or whatever. And they just you know, turned to me and they said, listen, we'll do whatever we can for you. Wow. You know, and I was just so taken back by their <coughs> generosity that now I'm still a big part of the why and it's really Isn't that helped. amazing. Yeah, so, and then we also had, you know, family members that helped out and lost friends and I, I think for me, and, and what I try to explain to people, if there's things that you need help with, reach out. Yeah. Don't try to have them building up inside. We did have some people that sort of ostracized us because of the fact that um, their mom was a drug addict. 
and so they didn't have their kids play with my kids. But for the most part, you know, I opened up to a lot of people, a lot of people helped out, and, and that's the whole thing about community. Right. And that's, that's right. how we need to um, bond together and help each other out, because you never know who, if it's your neighbor or no. something that might be having some issues, right. and if they're hiding them, you'll never know how to help them. Right, and that's the thing about the, the, some of the drug stuff, is it's more easily sometimes hideable. Yeah. Especially the, you know, in this, I've, I think 108,000 people overdosed in 2021. Wow. And I was just reading about that thinking, you know, there's kind of like this quiet desperation. There's this issue that, that you're right, if it's not talked about. I mean, I'm kind of a believer in, let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, 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 the terrible thing is if you bury it and you're in isolation. Exactly. And then you just... It just kills you, you know. Yep. But I so anyway, that that's another topic. But how did you get through? How did you make it through that? I mean, you've had a couple of journeys here. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just support from other people, and that's it. I yeah. mean, I reached out to a lot of people, you know, for help. Uh, I know my kids. It's funny. Uh, I talk to them now, and and my kids are like the three little pigs. They're all different, completely different. Um, but they all turned out okay um, and better than okay for, you know, what I hear from other parents and yeah. such. Yeah, um, just relying on community in terms of getting Yeah, through. community and, you know, with, with, with helping out and, and, and reaching out um, with, these, with these issues. Um, some people, it's, just, it's too prideful. Yeah, you know, right. It's, it's, you know, hey, and that's never been me. I don't care about myself and the perception. I'm just like, you know, hey, if I can help you, I will. If I need help, I'm going to ask. Right. Yes. That's so good. And then, you know, Boys and Girls Club, these y, you know, YMCA, these organizations that that are around. Right. It, it's just amazing. Again, I think sometimes think we take them for granted. Right. Or even, you know, like a rotary. I mean, I think sometimes we just take it for granted, like, but then realizing we do need each other, you know, right. the, the, and that, that was one of the things about COVID that was so striking is that it really, we found out what life was like without exactly. community, <laughs> you know, it's like. In some aspects, it was great. It was like the freeways, you had nobody right. on the freeway, you know, <laughs> right, and, right. and, you know, you could go out and walk and you didn't have to go into, you know, work so much and such. So there were some yeah, positives. There were. <laughs> the isolation was not one of them. No. Yeah, and we're finding out now, I mean, I think about just how that's affected people. Oh, especially our youth. The young yeah. people. I mean, it's it's not good, you know. And and so when you say, I mean, that's a great, I think that's a great lesson you just said. Somebody who finds themselves either there in a situation or they're married to somebody, and all of a sudden the chips are down and something's wrong. Right. Say it to somebody. You know, tell somebody, I, we're not okay over here. Right. You know, I mean, that's a, and it sounds stupid, but it's harder than you think. Sure. Because it is humbling. No, it is. And, and I think the path I was going back on was uh, when I talked to my kids, I always told them that there's somebody that has it worse than you. That's right. And be fortunate for what you have, be fortunate for the house and, and being able to play with your friends and the food and such. And I was having my oldest, um, is his name's Cameron, and he's 
uh, a very gifted kid, and he's very artsy, which is not me at all. And so we sometimes have different conversations, but I, I do remember him telling me uh, that the, the steadiness of how, we, uh, how the kids grew up by always doing, like always going to church on Sunday. Um, they're not religious, um, they have a belief, but they don't follow a particular religion anymore. But I was always taking them to Mass every Sunday. Um, everyone at the church knew us. Uh, they got into these different programs and, uh, you know, so that stability yeah. of the every Sunday we're going to go to church and every Sunday we're going to have lunch. Yeah. It's creating that foundation for them. And then, you know, I always tell parents when I go out and, and do different things with schools is you, you can't be the parent that has the guardrails this close. Your kids are never going to learn. You got to yeah. spread those out. You don't want them to fall off the side, of, you know, of the cliff. Right. But let them bang the guardrails sometimes. Yeah, right. You know, let them experience some things because yeah. that's how they're going to grow in the outside world. And what I'm seeing, especially uh, in certain neighborhoods where we live, I mean, they're like super tight. <laughs> right. There's a one lane, and you can't move at all because you got parents on both sides and right. telling the kids to do this, and you know, eventually they're going to flip and. They, right they bubble wrap them. Yeah, exactly. They want to bubble wrap their and, kids. And, that, and I just see that too often in our society now where parents are so overprotective yeah, of their yeah, kids. Right. We drink out of the hose. Remember yeah. that? <laughs> we got the voice of Vince Scully and drinking out of the hose. That's, yeah. That was uh, Orange County, California for me. Oh, my gosh. Up. I mean, <laughs> you know, when I used to, my, I, uh, when I was 13, um, I was wearing uh, Sears clothes. Yeah. And those weren't the cool <laughs> right. clothes going right. into school. Right. And when I got to middle school, it sort of was everyone was wearing the hang tans and the jeans oh, yeah. and all this. My mom couldn't afford it. Yeah. So I got a job working at a donut shop making a buck, quarter, an hour or whatever. But I had to ride my bike down Lincoln Boulevard every day to go to the donut shop to go clean up. And I can't tell you how many mirrors are missing off of people's cars um, <laughs> by me just going too close to them. But now I go down there. My son lives, my, my middle son, he lives down in uh, Marina del Rey. And I look at Lincoln Boulevard. I was like, oh, my God, I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you the know, things we it's, did. It's just different yeah. things. And, yeah. you know, and, and that was one thing that I always appreciated with my mom. She always let me. Um, um, she knew I was responsible enough not to get into too much trouble. Yeah. I'd get into some, but for the most part, she's always like very um, uh, letting me out and give me a left line to, you know, make my own decisions and be responsible at a certain age. So yeah, what do they say? You know, you either we want to prepare the path for our children. Mm -hmm when we should be preparing our children for the path. Exactly. You know, like, I think there's, I mean, I, I mean, I, obviously nobody wishes for a kid to go through what you went through at all or a lot of other stories, but I think there is something about, you know, in this world where, <laughs> you know, we, we spent 10 years in Texas, we came up here and my, my now 17 or 16 year old son, he's like, dad, Kids are kind of soft in California. <laughs> I said, yeah, you think, you know, but I think we've gotten a little soft in terms of like, 
And again, not wishing ill or suffering on anyone. However, life is kind of tough. Yeah, I mean... You, like, welcome to the world. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, we need to understand that with our kids. And I, I, like what I remember with my kids when they did their high school or their projects at school, you know, I was just like, I'll give you some guidance, but you're doing your project. And yeah. then you go there and you see these phenomenal projects and <laughs> the everything is, did yeah, and <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, no, you didn't do that. Right. Your mom did that. Right. And people would be looking at me like, well, you know, we gave them a little help. It's like, <laughs> right. no, you did, sure you did. You did the whole yeah, project, right. yeah. basically. Right. I know one thing about this project, that I'm not doing it. Right. <laughs> this is your project. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So, and I know, you know, my my thing is with with myself and my kids, and we have a, a healthy relationship uh, where we're able to talk to each other. We don't really see that each other too much. I see my stepkids way more than because my daughter lives in San Francisco, my son lives in Pasadena, so we'll see each other a couple of times a year and such. Um, my only you know thing was I just wanted to be a better dad. Than my dad, yeah. and so I, you know, the mission accomplished. So that was here. I didn't yeah. have too far to go there, and I, I, I tell my kids, you know, when you become a parent, take the good things that I've done, and then take the bad things that I've done, or the not so great things, and you know, apply them to your parenting. Yeah, you know, and when I go out and I talk to and I talk to kids in our youth groups, like Interact and such, you know, I tell them that the only person that can really make a difference in your life is you. Yeah. You have to have want that will to make a difference, um, you know, with what's happening. And, you know, your parents can help you, your teachers can help you, but it's all about you, yeah. you know, with how choices. you're going to, you know, yeah, the choices that yeah. you make in life. Yeah. And, you know, when my when my dad died, it was interesting because I was coaching my um, my boys in hockey, and my sister called me up and she was crying. You know, dad's dead. I'll go, All right, I'll, I'll I'll give you a call after you know the hockey game. <laughs> it was like I have no relationship with this guy or whatever. But it was neat because afterwards, I developed a, a relationship with our family from Massachusetts, and I found out that he was abused, that his mom would abuse him and put out the cigarettes on him and do all these abusive things to him. And so he really only knew one way, yeah. to parent. So I, I think that the greatest thing that I, I've sort of achieved as being an adult is realizing that I had these angers in me. Mm -hmm. So I got some counseling from people but to be able to forgive, yeah, you know, be able to forgive, you know, I, I pray for him, you know, that, you know, he's, he's at peace, yeah, you know, and whatever. And I, and I, and I hear from my cousins of the abuse that he went through and, you know, it's basically the same abuse, the physical abuse and the mental abuse that he did to myself and my mom. Uh, but be able to understand that, he wasn't able to break that cycle. Yeah. You know, I, I, I firmly believe that I broke the cycle and I'll be able to, you know, my, see my kids be good people and good parents, you know, yeah. down the road. Wow. That's so powerful. 
Isn't that amazing? I mean, you don't no. think about that, but I mean, you... Forgiveness is the, you know, so many people, they, they hold on to things, and I see the anger yeah. in them, and it's just like, it's, just let it go. Yeah. I mean, because all you do, all, when it's you hold you. that in you, yeah. that's hurting you. That's right. It's not hurting the other person. That's that right. You. They don't even know about it. No. Yeah, they're not thinking no, about it. No, you have yeah. to just, you know, I forgive you, you know, yeah. and, and even with my, my ex-wife, and, you know, unfortunately, she's got some uh, mental issues and such with the drug abuse. I have no ill will. You know, I, I wish her the best. I wish she would get married so I can stop paying alimony. <laughs> right. But, you know, for the most part, um, you know, I, I, and, and I see the burden now of her on my children because her family's sort of given up on her. Uh, um, so, you know, but I, I, I tell my kids I can't really get involved, but I hold no ill will and whatever I can do to help you, let me know. Yeah. That's so, so great. That, yeah, what a guy you are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I've just learned from my experiences. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. Um, you know, and, and, and if you learn from your experiences and you try to pass that on so other people don't make the same mistakes, you know, I told my kids if there were cell phones back in the day, oh, good God. Yeah, that's right. Um, we have no pictures. No, no we have no, there's no evidence. <laughs> there's no evidence. Yeah, that's the good news. There's no evidence. Yeah. Um, Thank God for yeah. that. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just trying to, we have a purpose here to you know, make this place a little bit better place than you left it. And that's yeah. sort of my underlying um, theme that I've been um, having for a, quite, a, a, quite a time now. But now I'm able to, um, in a place in my life right now, and COVID helped with this too. It made me realize how vulnerable we were. Yeah. You know, that we could go anytime. Yeah. And so that's what made me really start realigning my life less work, more service, and, and spending more quality time with our family and friends. So. Yeah, so good, great perspective. So I think Cindy married well. I don't know if you're watching, that's my opinion. Oh, God. I don't know him as well as you, but. No, Cindy is, she's amazing. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because she's, um, uh, you know, d does home health and nursing and stuff like that. And we do this program called Meals on Wheels. Oh, yeah. So we go out to Love the that. people's homes and, yeah. and bring them. So usually it's just dump and go, dump and go. But not Cindy. She'll stay there, talk to the people. How are you? And usually it's the only person that they'll talk to for the whole week. Wow. And some of these you know, some of these. People they get Gabby, and so we're there for like um, like TikTok, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, we've been here for half an hour. Right. Uh, but for the you know, but I see her and how genuinely um, beautiful she is inside. Yeah. You know, with the, how caring she is with people and such. So yeah. It's really neat, and um, we I have a great relationship. Yeah, that's no, maybe the secret to your success. Our success is the voice of Vin Scully growing up. Exactly. You know. Well, Talk about the greatest thing. The, the greatest sound yeah. known to man was the voice of Vin Scully on a summer night. My dad's sitting over there. He, but we've talked about this. Like, I can't remember a summer night without the voice of Vin Scully in my yeah. bedroom, you know? No, I had the little orange transistor I did, yeah, radio. Yeah, I did. 
He's yeah. he has one. He still brings. We'll be at a baseball game for one of my sons, and my dad will bring. I think he has the last one. Really? He'll bring his radio <laughs> out there. I'm like, Dad, what do you do with the radio? It's like, he'll turn it on. And now, unfortunately, Vinny's gone. But we. Uh, well, for me, it was a respite because after usually getting hit by my dad or whatever, I'd go into my bed, and I just bring my transistor radio and always listen to the Dodgers versus the Giants and always, you know, made me, uh, soothe me that there's something better out there. Yeah. You know, there, and, right. and this gentleman who, um, he just had such a, 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 a beautiful voice and it, the, he can describe so many different things. Yeah. And it was, it was wonderful because uh, Mr. Scully went to our church in Westlakeville. Oh, did he? And I was able to talk to him one day, and I said, you know, you got me through a lot of hard nights. Oh. And, you know. Wow. What did he say? He said, well, you know, I, no, son, you know, I'm just doing my job. And he was just <coughs> super humble and just a, just a neat guy. And, That's you know, so he was always um, cordial to everyone, you know. You don't want to go up there and sign my autographs or right, they get right. church, you know. Right. Hey, pass the basket. Can you sign my autograph? <laughs> right. uh, but he was just the, the nicest person. And so um, great. yeah, and when I mentioned that to him, he just, you know, I'm, I'm sure he gets like a million of those things. You yeah. know, hey, you were such a big part of my life, which he was for. He was. You know, in the 60s and the 70s to our generation. Yeah. So. Sometimes people don't understand that. I'm like, you have no idea. Like, you know, you meet somebody like that, you feel like it's your best friend. Oh, yeah. And he's there looking at you like, this call security. You no, know? I mean, the, who's he, this he's guy? there every night talking to you yeah. like you're a member of his family. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We covered a lot of ground. We've been out of time for a while. But oh. hey, but Mike, <laughs> this has been really special. Thank you. Yeah, no uh, problem. Service. I appreciate it. Forgiveness. The voice of Vin Scully. I don't know if it gets much better. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next time.